Hello everyone and welcome to Golden Chips. So in this episode, I regret my decisions regarding my hair because in this weather, <laughs> having long hair is the worst decision known to man. And speaking of hair, I have a very beautiful guest with me today, Geeky Pastimes. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Hello. How you doing? Not too bad. How's it going? <laughs> I'm enjoying the baldness. I'm enjoying the sort of slick, you know, my whole head can sweat with no problems. I am jealous. I am very <laughs> much jealous right now. <laughs> I was going to ask how you're coping with the heat, but you seem to have got a handle on it. It's pretty good. I've got my I've got my little sort of Velociraptor shirt on that I bought, especially to go on Velocicoaster in Universal Studios, which now Ooh. I can't get to because we're not allowed out of the country. And um, so I thought, why not wear it for this instead? You know, uh, why not wear my fancy shirt? I I'm loving the fashion choice. I'm loving it, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you went to you went to Thought Park the other day, didn't you? I like, did briefly, and it was. Yeah, very briefly. <laughs> we left after like three hours. So like we were like, yeah, we've had enough of that. And I'd say we have been fought about many times. So it's not like, oh, it's the first time we've been there and we were horrified. We kind of we've been on all those rides, so it's not yeah. as exciting for us. But yeah, first theme park we've been to in a couple of years, and it was just like, oh yeah, the UK parks aren't very good. I remember now. I remember <laughs> oh, what yeah. this is like. Now I get it. <laughs> now I remember yeah. why I don't go often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is why we we started going to Europe a lot more than we mm. went to the English ones. Yeah, that was like before everything hit with the pandemic. That was your main sort of that was one of your main sources of content, wasn't it? Like theme parks and related content. Yeah, like that. that was that that was always the idea. Like that was a big part of the reason we, I went for Geeky Pastimes to name. It. I was like trying to think of something that would kind mm. of cover roller coasters and video game stuff. Um, and you know, the idea was start the channel and have kind of an equal balance of theme parks and video games. And then, you know, pandemic hit and it's like, well, can't yeah. go outside anymore. So just video games it is. But yeah. ho hopefully we'll get back. I just had my second vaccination yesterday. Um, so be me and my wife both fully vaccinated now. So as soon as they start lifting restrictions on places that have theme parks, because mm. Portugal doesn't, um, we'll, be get we'll get going. Ah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah just, I, I was actually going to go Thorpe Park actually yesterday, but ended up not happening in the end. Because it was oh, with a few people, and then it didn't. Uh, it just uh, the plan fell apart essentially. Yeah. Which, but it's so, it's so busy and it's so mm. hot at the moment. Being in Fort Park when it's busy and hot is not not mm. the way to go. Yeah, at least now I know I didn't exactly miss much. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, but sort of coming on from that, I know you said that you wanted it to be an equal balance of theme mm. parks and video games. How did you actually sort of get off the ground? Like, how did you actually start out with content? So was that the idea from the um, get-go? No. So, like, years ago, like, I mean, looking back sort of 2016, um, I've always been, like, so I'm an, I'm an English teacher. Like, that's my actual job. Mm. Um, so I've got an English degree, and I always wanted to get more into writing. So I used to run a website called TP Review, which is a terrible name because everyone's like, what, you review toilet paper? And so... <laughs> uh, but I used to I used to do game reviews and stuff. So I started building like a tiny bit of a name for myself there. You know, I'd start going to events, get some interviews and stuff. Got free copies of games, which was fun. And then um, I got not through a developer. I got an early copy of No Man's Sky when that came out. So I managed Ooh. to get that a week early. And it wasn't from doing the website. It was just I ordered it from a website that happened to send it early, like a shop. You know, just. Uh, shopping website sent it early and so I got it early and I was like okay let's give it a go streaming like I'll try that out and I streamed it on YouTube and weirdly a few other people got sent it early everyone who streamed on Twitch got their stream shut down by Sony like immediately but they didn't shut any of them down on YouTube because 2016 not many people were streaming on YouTube yeah so I was like the only place to go to watch No Man's Sky content for the first weekend before it came out and ended up with like literally like 3,000 viewers so I'd gone from having nobody watch me to my first weekend streaming having 3,000 viewers. And it was insane, you know, I was getting like donations and I was getting people following, those people talking about me. It was like super exciting. Hmm. Um, and then like after No Man's Sky came out, I, ne I couldn't ever keep that going again. Like I didn't have another game to move on to. Um, you know, the No Man's Sky hype died down a little bit, obviously, because people didn't really like the game that much when it first came out. Yeah. And then I didn't really stick with that. And yeah, I just sort of... I started seeing like my streams where I only had like a couple of viewers. You know, it was rubbish. It had gone down because all the people who followed me were just for No Man's Sky. So eventually I just packed that in. I just sort of got bored of it, decided to focus on work um, and stopped doing that. And then a couple of years ago, I started thinking like I kind of want to get back into it. So I started Geeky Pastimes. Started off actually streaming Animal Crossing, weirdly. Um, we're streaming Animal Crossing to just kind of, you know, my sister-in-law would watch it and a couple of my friends who had Animal Crossing would watch. Mm. Had like, try I was desperately, I remember trying to keep my free viewer 
average up to get affiliate on Twitch. Like that was oh, a massive yeah. deal. Like getting affiliate, <laughs> like streaming for what is it, twenty eight days or something, and having an average of three viewers is yeah. weirdly it's... hard. Yeah, I know that I talk about um, uh, this. I remember talking about in a previous episode is like affiliate in, in today's age, affiliate is essentially like the starting line. The affiliate acts as more like a spam filter than it does a milestone. But I think yeah. when you were doing it, it's bigger of a deal. I mean, no, I mean, this is still only a year ago. This is like, I only started on Twitch oh, really? a year ago. Um, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only been going. It was uh, March last year. Hmm. Um, but it was, yeah, like, it was weird to go from, like, nobody knowing who you are. And uh, weirdly, I was going through some of my old tweets earlier, and I was tweeting for months, and no replies, no likes, no retweets, nothing. And it was kind of, I don't know how I coped with it, how I coped with just like nobody ever hearing what I had to say, nobody watching me stream, nobody doing anything. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, Warzone came out and that was a big deal. And I was kind of part of the effort to solve the first Easter egg. I wasn't like the main person to do it. Mm. I wasn't the first person into Bunker 11, but I was like helping. I was like organizing spreadsheets yeah. and doing stuff. And then I put up one of the first YouTube guides on how to do it. And then from then on, it was like, oh, actually, people are paying attention to this. Like, people like yeah. this. And I've, I've always been into Battle Royale games. So from then on, I've just sort of taken that more and more seriously. And now here I am, you know, with, like, being Twitch partner. And now, you know, I was just streaming a little bit of Outbreak earlier and had, like, 50 people watching. I was like, how has this come about? Like, I'm, like, streaming at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And there's, like, 50 people tuning in to watch me. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It feels super weird. Mm. But, yeah. There's uh, still a long way to go, obviously. Yeah, I mean that's awesome though. He's like you, 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 yeah. you went all over the shop. Like you said, you have got Animal Crossing, you have got <laughs> Call of Duty. Yeah, you've yeah. Got, I, I think like you Battlefield. Like, can, can we talk about that yeah. for a second? I'm, I'm sorry. Can we talk about that for a second? Because you were yeah. on the developer panel. Like you were on the developer Q and A yeah. panel, and just did you ever imagine yourself uh, uh... getting to that point? No, I mean like when I was doing the Warzone stuff, like I started getting like I kind of started talking to someone at Activision and like Treyarch would sometimes drop by my streams and stuff like that. And that was super exciting getting like official recognition. Cause I did early on when I got into Call of Duty stuff, there was like a season of no content where I started doing like data mines and leaks and stuff like that. And I, cause yeah. I read some of these data mines online and was like, um, I don't think this is right. I think like these people are being idiots. So I thought I'll go look at it myself because there's nothing else to do. Mm. And then after a couple of months, I suddenly realized of doing that, I was like, if I do this, no one from Activision is ever going to take me seriously. Like, no one from these companies is ever going to invite me to events and stuff. Yeah. And like I said, when I did the website, I used to go to Gamescom and EGX, and it was like, that's super exciting. Getting into the press area of those places where you suddenly get given free food and free beer and stuff, it's amazing. <laughs> so I was like, I want to get back into that. Like, I want to be a part of that. And yeah. um, so I sort of dropped all the data mine, dropped all the leaks and stuff, and sort of, I think I built up a bit of reputation as kind of a wholesome streamer. Yeah. And then the Battlefield thing, I'm, I'm still not sure whether that came about from whether they actually knew me from call of duty stuff or whether it's because i play with jack frag sometimes I'm, I'm not sure you know whether he put in a good word for me or something yeah. like that um because like i started you know i emailed I, I sort of reached out to um ea and their sort of uk pr person and was like hey i'm really interested in covering battlefield this is what i've done with call of duty i'd love to do the same sort of thing with battlefield and uh, luckily, you know, they noticed me and they sent me an invite. And they, you know, they I think they reached out to a lot of people. They talked about the idea in the past. I don't know how much you know about, like, the Battlefield community, but mm. they've always had these EA game changers. You know, there's a group yeah. of people that yeah. were, like, the big deal in the community. And they actually said for this one, they're starting afresh. Like, they don't want it just to be the same people it always has been. They wanted to reach out and get some new people involved. So I was on that list, which was nice. And then I had to keep it a secret for, like, a week, and it was horrible. <laughs> had to not talk about ever the fact that I knew what Battlefield was for like a week. Really yeah, annoying. embargoes are the absolute worst. Like I, I I've, <laughs> I've had to deal with them, and embargo like having to deal with an it's embargo is like I want to tell people about this thing. It's so cool. It really, and, and it's like that thing of like naturally when you see someone cool, you want to talk to at least your friends. You know, let alone yeah. talking about it on stream and for that you don't want to do that. But I want to talk to my friends. You know, some of my friends are bigger Battlefield fans than I am. And it's like, I was having to play with them and be like, not say anything at all, because, mm. you know, you never know. You like you have to follow these NDAs and embargoes to the letter. Because oh, yeah. otherwise, you'll never get invited back to anything again. Mm. Um, you know, and the Battlefield one did leak a bit. Someone did. And then we were getting emails saying, like, we found them. 
like at first it was like you know oh we've got our security people working on it we've got like the police working on it and then they sent us an email saying like we know who it is we it was like, found oh, Jesus. You. yeah <laughs> like what's happened to them that like, sounds like scary. a cult oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah i'm glad i was not leaking that like yeah. i would not want to be that person yeah, I know that you had yeah. like a time on on Twitter. I distinctly remember a, a specific Twitter thread, 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 <laughs> you where you went on saying about how like data mines and leaks are overall pretty harmful. I kind of I, I agree with that because I feel like you're spoiling, like you're kind of spoiling yourself and kind of sullying the waters with the dev team. It's like, well, if if if, if it's yeah. just going to be spoiled anyway, why should we? care so to speak like if from a developer's perspective yeah yeah i mean like with e3 that is a good example of like you get these big reveals and every time you get people saying oh this is boring we already knew all of this stuff and it's like we already knew this stuff because it leaked like that's mm. the only reason you already knew that stuff yeah. like um starfield is a good example like the starfield thing at xbox where i think the washington post published a trailer like an hour before the event happened and it's like that kind of completely took the wind out of the sails of the Begin Like Conference because people yeah. who care stuff, which is still a tiny percentage of people who watch this stuff, you know, like it's not many people, but yeah. they were like, oh, well, we already knew this, boring. And Call of Duty has it every season, like every time there's a new content drop, there's a bunch of people saying like, oh, we already know this, so it's rubbish. It's like, well, stop. It's literally like, like reading what happens on Wikipedia at the end of a TV series and then yeah. watching the TV series and being like, oh, well, that was rubbish. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. you just it yourself. Like, what are you doing? It's just nonsense. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, you, you just, you just ruin the entire experience. It's I, such a big deal of like reveals and things like E3 is like, speculation is yeah. such a big part of the process. Like, so much fun. I, I think, I remember we had a back and forth recently about what Forza was going to be. Warfalls was going to be showcased. And I, first off, I'm bitter that I'm wrong. I'm bitter that it it was Horizon and not Motorsport. You got me there. Yeah. But that showcases it perfectly. It's like speculating and saying, oh, what if this is it? What if this is it? Like, that's yeah. such a big, I, fun process. And th there is a risk with it. Like, I was kind of building up in my head that I was hoping Horizon was going to be in Japan. You know, I've heard lots of people talk mm. about this idea that one day, obviously one day it's going to happen that Horizon's yeah. going to go to Japan, which would be incredible, having, like, racing in Tokyo and racing in the mountains. Mm. Um, and then, you know, your speculation gets well, and then it's like, it's Mexico, and it's like, oh, okay, this could be cool, but, like, a little part of me is like, I wish it was Japan. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually glad they didn't. I'm going to be honest, I'm actually really? glad that they didn't put it in Japan. Uh, okay, think of it from a from a technical perspective. This is the last mm. uh, Horizon. I actually did a stream the other day where we were doing like a technical analysis on it. This is going to be mm. the last Horizon that's on the current Forza engine. Like the next one's going yeah. to be on motors, like Motorsport's new engine. Like they're yeah. making it from the ground up. So I I'm think that they could do a better job of it on on Horizon 6 with a new engine. Because, like, picture yeah. this. It's, like, ne neon neon signs everywhere, fully ray-traced, like, reflecting on cars and puddles. It will look, it will look legendary. But yeah. I, I feel like that and Japan is such a hyped location uh, for, like, for the longest time. I think it was since Horizon 2 people have been asking to put it in Japan. But I think it's become one of those overhyped locations to the point where no matter what they do, I feel like it will disappoint people, and they they are worried of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's a kind of interesting thing about that. It's got the same thing as Assassin's Creed, where people mm. have in their head like a list of awesome places. Like, I always think like I'm always like, oh man, Forza Horizon could be amazing if they did one in like Australia. It's like, oh no, they've already done that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what about like the Mediterranean? It's like, no, they've done that. <laughs> like, it's kind of weird, like remembering that they've done these things already. And it's like trying to think of new places they could go. Yeah. It's like, you know, most of most of Northern Europe is going to end up looking like Forza Horizon 4. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, if you did a lot of it in sort of Africa or East Asia, you're going to end up looking a little bit like the Australian one. Hmm. Um, there's that many more places then go. You know, I'm sure we'll get like, they haven't done South America yet, have they? Uh, I'm sure they'll. No, I don't think. I, I'd expect like a Brazilian one maybe, or maybe hmm. in the, of like Peru or something in yeah. at some point. But um, yeah, like I'm, I'm super excited for Mexico. I have to say, like with Forza Horizon Four, I've I've always 
been a little bit annoyed at the Horizon games. That even though they're beautiful and like they're a lot of fun, like blah 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 blah. Yeah. I still don't like the fact that you can just drive wherever you want. And it's like that's the boring part of me. But it's like when I'm racing, especially racing as people online, hmm. it really annoys me when it's a beautiful system of roads winding into distance. Then everyone just goes in a straight line across everything. Yeah. And it's like, no, do it properly. Like do this properly. <laughs> Come on. Use the roads. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and that's why I'm excited. I'm excited for the next four motorsport you know because i want to, some track racing yeah you want some close like, circuit yeah exactly like i i mean i don't know how long you've been doing all the racing game stuff like but i really love the project gotham racing games like Ooh, that was yes. kind of what yeah like that was like probably before that games racing games always felt like they were either super serious so you had you know like toker and stuff like that mm -hmm. felt like super serious almost like sim racing yeah and then you had games that were super arcadey you know like san francisco rush and like need for speed and things like that mm. and then like project Gotham racing got this perfect thing of like yeah it was kind of ridiculous locations to race in but the racing the actual racing itself was pretty technical you know it was like pretty you could do some stuff that was a little bit more like real racing and i mm. loved those games so much yeah and i've kind of always been hoping something would go back to that like you know bizarre who did it did um what is it blur didn't they blur yeah, was like blur. Last big blur thing. was brilliant honestly yeah it was an insanely good idea and I, I i really want the people who did that to i don't know what they're working on now i don't know what i, they, I, I know they made you. a new studio but yeah i don't know what they're doing but mm. i want games like that I and mean, you know things like split second i really enjoyed um and even like you know the mode storm games i really like that kind of yeah. track racing but really creative tracks so i'm mm. a big fan of that kind of thing yeah that's yeah i think it's just like sim sim case for one like re really fun like pgr like you said brilliant stuff yeah. i think that i think that racing games they they're gonna need like a, a booster shot at some point because like horizon 5 is kind of the saving grace for the genre right now because it's actually something to look forward to but um the other thing the other game that people were looking forward to was the next need for speed and then criterion got pulled to work on battlefield and we still don't know what they've done on battlefield yeah that was something really interesting like when they did when we did that question and answer they were making a big deal about Dice LA are working on this other mode that they're going to talk about um, on uh, EA Play. And then Dice Goffenberg or EA Goffenberg are working on the technology and obviously Dice Stockholm are working on the main game. And then they kept putting up pictures with Criterion on there as well. It's like, what the hell are Criterion doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like they, they bounced around. They've done like Burnout Paradise. They did the spaceships in Battlefront. Then mm. they did Firestorm for Battlefield 5. Like, what the hell are they doing now? Like, got no idea. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I guess, like, Need for Speed Twitter is certainly on fire a lot of the time. <laughs> really? I yeah. haven't really enjoyed a Need for Speed game for quite a long while. Like, mm. I. Like, Heat was okay, but it didn't. Like, I played it for like a weekend and then was kind of, yeah, I'm done with this now. Yeah. I've seen everything I want to. And I was really excited about the Hop Suit remaster. And then I don't know, when I played it, it felt like there was something missing. Like, I don't know if it's just you know, rose-tinted glasses that the game wasn't actually as fun as I remembered it being. Hmm. And the online community wasn't really there, at least, you know, like for, in my circles. I yeah. was a bit like, oh, I remember having a lot of fun with this, but now it's like not mm. that great anymore. Yeah, the, common, shame. the common sentiment is that Heat was like on the right direction uh, to making a really good deep speed game, as in like the Ghost Games, that sort of era from like 2012, Payback, you, and then Heat they they were going in the right direction and then the the studio just nope <laughs> that's that's <laughs> basically the, the sentiment hmm? did you watch the movie oh the, the movie Need for Speed movie yeah i really enjoyed that i would be happy I if know. they kept that going as well i, I thought that was I a lot that. of fun aaron paul was a great fit for it like mm. he got a chance to be a bit sillier than he normally is and like, yeah oh that was so good yeah, you could just sort of, it's one of those, it's kind of one of those movies where it's, you don't expect it to be as fun as it is. Yeah, for sure. There was a, like a weird period of like Need for Speed and like the Power Rangers remake was weirdly good. And there's like all these films where I was like, I fully expect them to be terrible. Yeah. And then the first few people went to go see them and was like, actually, I kind of had fun. And it was like, yeah, yeah this, is good. this is good. I want more of this. Like I want mm. more of this kind of Do you of remember the whole thing with Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that Sonic Hedgehog's a brilliant example. I actually enjoyed that. Mm. I didn't expect to enjoy that at all, but I thought it was a good film. It was fun. I'm looking forward to the second one. Yeah. It'll be a laugh.
Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go out and like buy merch for it or anything, or I'm not mm. going to watch it again, but I enjoyed it the time I watched it. It was fun. Yeah. Good. Okay. I mean, we've, we've circled a lot around different franchises and different, like, different games and such. Who do you think won, won in air quotes, E3? Like, that debate can I, go on forever, but who do you think won? I, I've been, I keep writing a tweet and deleting it again, but I keep wanting to say, you know who won E3? The gamers won E3, because there's something for everyone. <laughs> and then it's like, it's so twee and sentimental, I keep deleting it and being like, no. Like, Maybe that, the no winners were like the that. friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, um, like, I mean, I am a big Microsoft fan, and I thought the Xbox conference mm. was great. I didn't come out of it. I wasn't like, by the end of the Xbox conference, I wasn't like, oh my God, that was amazing. It was just kind of, what i expected to see i yeah. think the biggest thing out of this holy free is like there weren't any big surprises like there's nothing i've come away being like oh my god i can't believe this is happening hmm. you know there's a few weird things like jurassic world evolution 2 i didn't expect that to happen but yeah that was, odd, is. that was kind of left field but yeah like you know i i love frontier i love like nearly everything they make um so i'm happy it's happening i don't think the first game was the best game, but like they can have another go at it. Yeah. Um, but like I liked what we saw of Halo, I liked what we saw of Forza Horizon. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that I was just kind of it's fine. Mm. Um and there's a lot of stuff that was kind of rumored and now it's been confirmed, like Arcane making a Battle Royale game. I've forgotten what's Redfall. Redfall. That's yeah. um, that looks a lot of fun. Like that's pretty cool. Um Ubisoft, like Riders Republic looked really good. I'm really excited about that. Oh, I really yeah. like Steep. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm quite excited about that. But it's just no one had something amazing. Like, no one had something yeah. where it's like, I can't believe this happening. I personally thought Nintendo's conference was terrible. Like, I've heard lots of positive sentiment mm -hmm. about it. But I just sat there through every bit of it being like, this is dull. I don't care about this game. I don't care about... Like, you know, it's like Advance Wars, brilliant. It looks exactly the same as it did before. And the graphics are kind of terrible. Yeah. Um, I can't believe they opened with a shot of Ganondorf's face. And then it was just a bloody Smash Brothers thing for a Tekken character. Like, what a weird <laughs> yeah. kind of bait that and switch so for weird. that. <laughs> yeah. I'll admit, that got me. That did get me yeah, for a yeah. second. I thought that uh, was I... going to be like breath, like a Breath of the Wild 2 thing. And yeah. then it's like, oh, okay, Tekken. You know what? You got it's me. All, Fair play. Always Smash Brothers. Like, we did, um, before when there was a Nintendo Direct, we did one of those things, you know, on Twitch where you can, like, bet, where the mods can set up bets. Oh, yeah, predictions. And, like, they, they, yeah, they set up a prediction saying the first thing... Oh, I said one... First thing's going to be Smash Brothers for Nintendo Direct ages ago. Mm. And then the video went on for like four minutes and people were like, oh, so it's not Smash Brothers. And then, um, you know, they sort of like cancelled the bet or sort of said it was. And I was like, no, nah, it still is, it still is. And it's like, it's always Smash Brothers. The yeah. first thing is always eventually going to be Smash Brothers. But yeah, the Nintendo thing, I thought... They, they didn't show off anything amazing. Like, they showed off that Metroid um, Dread, which yeah. I know lots of people are super excited about, and I'm happy for people. I didn't know that was a thing people were waiting mm. for. I Again, I didn't think it looked great. You know, it's the nature of the Switch. Like, hardware-wise, it's not a very powerful thing. Yeah. It didn't, like, visually look pretty uh, that impressive. Um, and I don't like games where something's chasing me, and that looks like that's a big part of that game. Yeah. And then Breath of the Wild, it's like, okay, we saw a bit more of it, but it didn't tell us anything about it. It looked like mm. Breath of the Wild. Like, yeah, it, it, exactly it looks like the, the same as Breath of the Wild, just slightly yeah. different scenery yeah, at a glance. So, there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm, I'm sure I'll love the games. Mm. And same, you know, Elden Ring and Starfield. I'm sure I'll enjoy those games, but the traders didn't do anything for me. There wasn't something, some big reveal where I was like, like um, last year, with the Perfect Dark reveal. I mm. thought that was incredible. Like, the Perfect oh, yeah. Dark reveal, like, even though it had been rumoured for ages, seeing that, like, actually confirmed that it actually was Perfect Dark was just amazing. And I don't think there was a moment like that this year. Yeah, there was no... There were no home runs, essentially, this E3. No. There was a lot of expected. There was a lot of, oh, this is cool. But there were no, like, yeah. home runs to say, okay, I need this. Like, this is insane. Yeah, and like every year people do the whole sort of like, what do you want to see from it? And it's mm. like, okay, I want to see, I want Ubisoft to show off a new Splinter Cell game. I want yeah. Nintendo to do like a new Wave Race game. I want like mm. Microsoft to do like a new Viva Pinata or something like that. Like something that like personally I would absolutely love. You know, I want EA to show off a new Pod Racer game. And it's like, none of that's happening. Like yeah. Yeah. every year we kind of get disappointed. None of this is going to happen. One can I'm dream. Fairly sure. Yeah, yeah, I go to it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I think um, the pandemic's messed a lot of stuff up as well. Obviously, there's a lot of dev studios aren't where they'd want to be. 
and there's stuff that like we know is happening that we didn't see and i think that ruins it a bit as well so yeah. like we didn't see any fable or we didn't see any ubisoft style open world star wars games like mm -hmm. we don't these things have kind of been announced but in um like investors calls and stuff like yeah. that but so we like when we do see it we'll be like finally mm. like people were with starfield or like, I was great starfield, you're confirming anyway. it exists for us yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like so now when it comes out it's just like oh good now this is the thing we've been thinking about for two or three years and building up in our heads like we were talking earlier with the speculation yeah it's kind of then when you finally see it it's not that great i'm just trying to think were there any big surprises i'm sure there was something that people didn't expect uh, i don't metroid i guess no but... but even then you had the teaser for metroid prime 4 a previous e3 and then mm. you just never heard about it again yeah or they so... say sometimes they come on and say oh yeah we're still making it Mm, yeah, I'd just be like, yep, yep, it, it's still a thing. I promise, guys, yeah. it's still a thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's like with the new the new Nintendo Switch, where people, you know, games outlets have been reporting that it's going to be unveiled every day for the last month, and <laughs> we still haven't heard anything. And Nintendo themselves were like, "E3 is about software. We're not going to show any hardware." Yeah, it's like, so where is this thing? Like, when that comes out, people are just going to be like, oh, "It's about time," mm. which isn't the right sort of, you know, that's not the way to build hype. Um, I, I do think that some of these companies would do a lot better announcing their games much closer to the release. Yeah, you know, like um, Bethesda have always been quite good about that in the past, where like they used to show like Fallout Three. I think they announced it E three and then released it in October. Yeah, it's like that's incredible. That's a lot of fun. It builds a lot of hype. Mm. When they announced like Elder Scrolls Six a year or two ago, and now we know we're not going to see that for another five years or so. It's like yeah it's That's like not well, exciting yeah it's like we we know it's coming now so you have that sort of short window where you can sort of build hype you can talk about it you could slowly like drip feed details to get people more and more excited but if you leave it too long it just like it just fizzles out it's like a little bit of hype initially to say oh great this game's coming and then you forget and then it comes to like two months before release and you start seeing promotional material and you think oh yeah that was the thing yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think people are starting to learn that a bit. Like, Call of Duty have gone from... They always used to do, like, a reveal just before E3, then single-player trailer E3, then multiplayer at Gamescom, and then release. Now, with last year's one, Black Ops Cold War, yeah. they announced it in August. Like, you know, and they did the awesome, like, Pawn Takes Pawn thing to reveal it, which oh, yeah. obviously I loved. Mm. But, they, um, but revealing it in August, then releasing it in November... Like, that's insane. That, like, gives them three months where it's, like, just solid hype. They can put out a trailer nearly every week. They can, you know, release some screenshots or do an interview or something. Um, I think that's a lot more fun. And Battlefield are doing a similar thing. You know, they've only just announced it. Yeah. And then they've already said, okay, next month we're going to show off this mode. Um, at some point before October, you're going to get the hazard mode, whatever that is. Hmm. And then um, they've also got six more specialists to show off between now and then. And they've got a beta to announce. And it's hmm. kind of, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot it, there. Yeah, and they've only got four months to fill. So like, there's going to be constant Battlefield and Call of Duty stuff now, yeah. right up to launch. And Halo, you know, Halo's the same. We've got mm. lots of stuff we don't know about that game. Like, I'm really excited to see what they say about it. Yeah, I think everyone's, because everyone's so used to, like, games, just when they're out, getting so much post-launch support, like constant updates, mm. constant new content. I think that there's very much adapting that into their promotion as well yeah. so it's, it's like yeah, yeah like definitely. you said you've got four months you've got four months to fill so say this month we're getting this reveal this month we're getting this massive reveal this month we get beta then it's it's so yeah. much when you look when you look back and then you look to now that's there's so much they're laying out on the table there yeah for sure i mean battlefield like they've been really clear about it like I've seen people complaining that they haven't talked about destruction, they haven't talked about weapons, and they haven't really said that much about vehicles and stuff. And it's like, well, obviously that's going to be like a blog post or a video at some point. Like yeah. that's why they're not talking about. It. It's not like they don't know. Like they're not four months away from launch and like, hmm, shall we put guns in this game? Mm. Like I'm pretty sure they've got all this stuff sorted out, but they just want to drip feed it. And I think that's the yeah. right way to do it. It's a lot of fun. Mm. I just hope it doesn't get like you know a beta comes out and then someone data mines the whole thing. That's yeah. just like it's. Like, I mean, we've got um, tomorrow, actually, there's a new zombies thing coming to Call of Duty in Outbreak. And um, the big risk is at 5 a.m. tomorrow, the update will go live. How much is going to get spoiled before, like, 13 hours later, the Easter egg goes live? Yeah. And it's kind of this constant fear of wanting to see things the proper way. Um, and the shorter that time span is, the better. Yeah. All of that stuff, mm. like, less chance of getting spoiled.
Yeah. And you touched on Easter eggs. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I know that mm. like a lot, like I think it's fair to say that you got a lot of notoriety, especially in the Call of Duty community, for things like porn takes porn and Easter egg hunting yeah. and like zombies, etc. Do you want to talk, touch a little bit about on that quickly? Yeah, I mean that's what it's an interesting thing because it's like it's something I've always liked in games and movies and stuff. You know, I've always liked little hidden things like that, um, and I've remember you know that's the only way really i used to know people like noah J and codename pizza and mr off waffles people that yeah. the only reason i'd heard of them is because with the zombies east of school duty i used to love watching them solve it and i, I never did it myself because i wasn't ever really that into zombies i'd like a new map would come out i'd play it a little bit with my friend and then we would get as far as we could and then we'd watch someone else finish it because i was yeah. just not that bothered about it and then um with the like I said before, with Warzone, when we were part of solving that first Easter egg, it was suddenly like a moment of realization of like, oh, I could actually like, this is something I can do, like I'm okay at. Yeah. And when we did that first one, we were doing it on somebody else's Discord that will remain nameless because I don't like talking about it. <laughs> but some, another community's Discord. And then like the way that Discord was moderated and run kind of got in the way of what we were trying to do and there were loads of things where i was like if we'd have been able to do this the way i wanted we could have done it much quicker we could have done it in a much more interesting way so after that i set up my own discord and was like okay i'm setting up the rules and you know i'm being super harsh about them because it's my discord i can do what i want mm -hmm. so i was like right i'm not having any kids in here i'm not having people spamming memes and stuff i'm not having people who aren't willing to do a bit of looking around themselves you know i don't want the same questions every day like people on this discord are people who are like me who can solve it i'm not doing this as like a public service to show other people how to do it and those kind of a small community, but like quite a solid community built up around that of being like, oh, yeah. finally, there's somewhere that's a bit more grown up. You know, you go on a lot of discords and you see just constant spam, loads of like hate speech and intolerance. You see loads of like trashy memes, yeah. people being idiots. And it's kind of I just completely cut that out and was like, no, we're here to do something. We're here to talk about stuff that we like doing. And it's kind of naturally attracted a lot of older people, I think, which is a big part of it. Because, you know, I'm pretty old for a content creator. And that's, you know, I'm 35. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm 35. Yeah, 35 <laughs> <to now>. check. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's kind of, and like, I think that makes my community quite different. That I sort of attract a lot of older people. And some people have gone through the same thing I have, where you get really excited about a game. You think, oh, cool, I'll check out like the, I'll check out their Discord. And you go in there and it's just a load of kids screaming at each other and it's like this isn't for me mm. and then uh, you get involved in other communities you know whether it's twitch channels or youtube comments stuff like that and it's kind of i've been quite passionate about building something for the easter egg community that is just the sort of thing that i wish existed before so then and then we sort of proved ourselves that like the first easter egg we had where we were a community was the stadium easter egg and it was kind of we solved it super quick and like you know we did it we knew we worked out how it was working we got guides up super quick um, and it was like, I think that's when people started taking notice of us as saying like, oh, these guys have actually got like a system that's working. And then Porn Takes Porn was just insane. Like if people watched a stream for Porn Takes Porn, um, we had lots of different spreadsheets going on, but people were communicating all the time. And like, there was this moment, um, Porn Takes Porn, the way it worked, for anyone who doesn't know, there were lots of different puzzles going on at once. And lots of videos going up every day that would be updated every day. So you had to keep track of all of these numbers changing, all these different moving parts. And then it all came together on the last day where suddenly you had enough information to solve all the puzzles exactly the same time. So you had six puzzles. And the answer was a string of 24 letters and numbers that didn't mean anything. And it was suddenly like, we're all kind of, what do we do with this? Like, are we doing the right thing? We don't yeah. know. And then they sent us a clue. They put a clue out on a website saying like, oh, okay, you need the timestamps. And I opened up this spreadsheet on stream and my entire community were filling it all in immaculately. Like they were just all doing it. I hadn't asked anyone to do it. I hadn't planned for this because we didn't know what was mm. going to happen. Just everyone had the same idea at the same moment of like, okay, we need a table and we need to lay it out like this. And no one was like spamming stuff. No one was deleting stuff. Like I'd given people pretty much free reign on a spreadsheet and everyone did it the right way. And it just all came together super quickly. And Noah J was solving at the same time as me. And he was doing it pretty much by himself. And it was kind of, you saw the power of having like a community doing it versus one person trying to struggle through it by themselves. Yeah. That like, we sort of overtook him. 
and ended up finishing it. And it was kind of this amazing moment of like, oh my God, like this actually, all this stuff validates everything I've been trying to do. Um, and it doesn't always work, you know, like we haven't been first to solve everything since. Yeah. But it's kind of, when it does work, it's a lot of fun. And like, there's been a lot of times where people have tried to cheat a lot of these things. Like the porn text porn stuff is all on a website most of the time. So people are finding ways to cheat. And I quite like the people stuck around watching my stream for us doing it the right way. You know, like we sort yeah. of, okay, people had already skipped ahead and got the answer, but we went back and we solved the puzzles. And I quite mm. liked that people cared about that. So nowadays I care much less about being first to solve something because nobody really remembers any of that stuff. No one cares yeah. about it. I'd much rather do it in this kind of way with like integrity and, you know, have a lot of fun doing it. Um, so like tomorrow we've like, we've, I've planned with who I'm going to be playing with and all of that kind of stuff. But it's very much um, like, I'm not going to be too stressed if we don't get it first. Like, yeah. we're going to have a lot of fun. It's a big thing for our community, and that'll be good. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. There's a, yeah, you pretty much built what is essentially a bulletproof community. That's like you said. Like, especially, yeah. I want to... You touched on the Discord server earlier and how you built that. I think, like, what sets it apart is that, like, you, you set the precedent right from the get-go because it's essentially under lock and key. You have to complete a riddle to access the server which i think is a stroke of genius honestly yeah, i think that's we, absolute genius we have loosened that up a little bit now now there's only a part of the discord you have to solve the puzzle for we did open up a more public bit just because it ended up with like 20 people actually talking in there and nobody else could get in but yeah <laughs> we had a puzzle set up by one of our mods Mader, um who set up this like thing kind of based on the call of duty stuff and that really came about because i was getting and this sounds horrible but i was getting fed up of helping people I was getting like fed up of every day checking the messages and it was just someone saying, how do you do this? How do you do this? And it was stuff that like you could Google yeah. and find instantly. And it was like, I just want to talk to people who already know this stuff. So hmm. we set up a puzzle to kind of weed out the people who come. Because the puzzles were actually quite easy. Like the puzzles, yeah. if you thought about them and you actually did a tiniest bit of research, you could solve them in about, I think most people took about 20 minutes to do them. Hmm. And it's like just weeding out people who couldn't be bothered to spend 20 minutes to get into a community was such a good thing to do i think <laughs> yeah um I, I love, and it's uh it's always been a balance of all my content is kind of how much do you just want the numbers to grow and how much do you want a certain type of community yeah um you know and we've always erred on the side of we want a certain type of community even if it means banning a lot of people or scaring a lot of people off so you know in Twitch, our mods are pretty ruthless. Like, we get rid of people very quick. You know, if someone comes in and is the slightest bit homophobic or racist, it's like, they're gone. Yeah, like, they're out. now. Like, yeah, like, there's not a, there's no kind of second chances or warning mm. system or anything like that. And similarly, you know, if people come in posting leaks or anything like that, they're gone. Mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, on a Discord, sometimes I just get in a bad mood and ban a load of people I don't really like. Uh, but it's kind of, <laughs> and it gets some people's backs up. Like, you know, a lot of people have got very angry about it, but it's like, if you don't see why I'm doing it, this probably isn't the community for you. Go somewhere else. Like, there's plenty of other places yeah. you can go, but this is, this is my place. Um, I actually bought some sunglasses the other day that said on one side of them, we're not for everyone, and that's okay. And I, that, that's kind of like the whole thing. It's like, yeah. my community isn't for everyone, but that's fine. Like, there's other yeah. places for you. Yeah, there's going to be a place for you no matter what. But this is this is the place for this specific kind of people who yeah. want to do this thing. Because it's like yeah. you said, it's like essentially building the right community. Because like referring back to the moment with the spreadsheet, if you had five times the numbers, but it was just general people, you couldn't have done something like that. Like, no, I mean, that, that exact stream, that exact stream, I think we had about a thousand people watching, but probably about 50 people on the spreadsheet. Um, and then you compare that to like Noah J, I think had like a hundred thousand people watching. Um, but they weren't people who were helping him. They were just people, you know, constantly spamming in chat. So he couldn't even read chat because it's too fast. He's got too many people. Yeah. And it's like, there's definitely an element of kind of having a smaller community lets you get more stuff done. And I, I find it very funny. I get a lot of people comment. Well, not a lot. I used to get a lot of people on Twitter saying things like, oh, it's not actually you that solves this stuff. It's like, it's your Discord. And it's like, I know. Yeah. Like, that was, and, like, that was the what entire point. And what of yeah, it? <laughs> okay. like, I, I feel like I've always been pretty good about, you know, acknowledging who did what and saying that it was a Discord. But it's like, people seem to see that as like a weakness of like, oh, you don't do all of this yourself. You have people help you. It's like, yep. Yeah, okay. That's what I've been trying to do. That's yeah, my secret, exactly. Cap. That's, that's the best part of this whole thing.
Yeah, and it and it's like and it comes and goes. The big problem that I have with it though is like because I've done so much on Easter eggs and so many people, you know, I'll do an Easter egg stream and get five hundred people watching nowadays with like zombies or something. Um, but then when there's no Easter eggs, what do I do? Like, what content do I make? Like, yeah. and that's kind of the thing that I'm always trying to work out. Like lately, you know, I've streamed a bit of Call of Duty, a little bit of Battlefield. Uh, I tried streaming some like Mass Effect and stuff, and I, I'm just constantly mm. trying different games. And it's like it's very hit or miss, like how you get people to watch other things. I mean, you you must do it. Like, you know, I've seen you like stream all different kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, start off the crew and things, but yeah. It's like you, you, it's it's like casting your net and seeing what works. It's just, it's like I used yeah. to stream the crew pretty much all the time. That was my staple. Then I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with like Ivory Tower and Ubisoft's direction, so I stepped away from that game and started maining Forza. And now, and now I've started maining Minecraft. And then I'll main Forza probably on the side. But it's, I mean, because you stepped, you stepped to a lot of different content. Like you, you were doing. Battlefield, like you said, doing Call of Duty. You had No Man's Sky originally, Animal Crossing. Mm. You, I, I remember. Was it how recently was it that you did your Halo video? Yeah, I did those. Um, that was about four or five weeks ago. I think I stopped. I finished doing them. I stopped doing yeah. them. Um, and that was something that I weirdly. I thought, yeah, I've got it next to me actually. When it? Oh, <laughs> it's got props. It's because my wife bought me this book, which is a book I'd wanted for ages. Oh, and that's it amazing. is a gorgeous book with like loads of, you know, it's like super detailed stuff about the story of Halo and pictures and stuff. And I was like reading it and was like, I consider myself a pretty huge Halo fan. Hmm. And I didn't know half of the story. Yeah. Like I didn't know, you know, I knew the words, but I didn't know what a forerunner really was or what a precursor was, stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this would be cool to have some videos where I explain it. And I'd seen like um for games like Destiny, there's a guy called like was it my name is my name is Bish my name is Biff or something. He does uh, these yeah, super big epic videos. Yeah. He does these big epic videos and they're a bit like they're really good and informative and I like them. But they're a bit like compared to my style, they're a bit hammy, they're a bit kind of drama school kind of thing. And I didn't mm. want to do that. I just wanted to be like, you know, sit down like we are now, just chatting to someone, explaining yeah. the story. I thought that would be good. Um, and that's an example of content type of content that I thought would be really good, and I really mm. sort of felt quite passionate about it. And then I put it up, and then it's like no one really watched it. Like you know, it had like a tenth of the views that my Call of Duty stuff yeah. does. And like that's a real pain where we I always have to sort of check stuff against how much time I have mm. and what I'm getting back from it. And there's some stuff you think, okay, maybe this will grow in future, and there's some stuff where I'm just immediately this isn't working this isn't working yeah yeah and i might come back to it like closer to the launch of halo infinite mm. i might do those videos again because they're not like you know they're fairly easy to make it just it's a lot of research and then uh explaining it but for now it's definitely people aren't that interested in halo story mm. so yeah fair enough have you ever seen that as a bit of a detriment it's like because I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people know you for your your endeavors in Call of Duty. Like you've got a lot of exposure from that. But have you ever like would you consider that as like the biggest struggle is like wanting to do something different, wanting to branch out a little bit, and then just seeing that okay, this is just like Call of Duty is the only thing that pulls in views and pulls in numbers, so that's the only thing that's kind of worth it. This is a weirdly deep conversation about content creation. I've had this, I've had this conversation a couple times with people um, and it always goes on forever because it's like the way I see it, and this is a really brutal, horrible thing to think about, hmm. is you see your follower numbers and your viewer numbers and stuff like that. They are fake. Like those numbers are not real. Yeah. Like say by YouTube, I think I've got like 17,000 subscribers on YouTube. I would say probably 80% of those people clicked the subscribe button months ago and then forgot about me. Yeah. And they just can't be bothered to unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. And the same thing on Twitch and the same thing on Twitter. Um, and I know this because if I do something that makes them realize that I watch it, like say Hitman, when Hitman came out, I played the whole game in one go and then put up six videos in one day, like one of each level. Yeah. And then I lost so many subscribers. And I think it's because their subscription feed was suddenly filled with me. And they were like, why am I following like, this, this guy? Like, hmm. who is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even though I've got like quite high numbers on some things, I don't see them as real. Hmm. And it's like, and then... If uh, like I can see cut that up even more to on YouTube, 
how many of my followers are or subscribers are just people who want to see Call of Duty guides? Like yeah. that's probably a massive lot. So when I'm making like Halo videos or I'm making a video about like Chivalry 2 or something like that, or Battlefield, I have to think that like I'm growing that from scratch. Like I'm starting essentially from zero. Yeah. So like if I get like I think one of my Battlefield videos got a thousand views in a week and I was like okay, that would be terrible compared to my Call of Duty stuff. But as a Battlefield video, that's not bad. Like, I'm yeah. starting to build up people who are watching me for that. And YouTube's thankfully pretty good because you can see stuff like how many people subscribed while watching a certain video. So you can yeah. see, like, okay, that had a positive thing. I'm starting to pick up a Battlefield thing. Mm. But I'm very aware that all of my numbers at the moment are basically Call of Duty fans. Like, you know, yeah. I can see if I stream something that's not Call of Duty, nowadays I'll get, like, maybe 20 people watching, and I could almost list them off by name. Like, I know these people. They're not watching me for the game. They're watching me to see me and, yeah. like, to talk to me and that sort of thing. Um, and it's, like, building up that audience, like, that core group of people who mm -hmm. are there to watch you for you is, like, the main thing I think any content creator should do. Yeah. I'm always very wary of anyone who says, like, you know, oh, I'm, like, a, a Warzone streamer or, like, I'm a Fortnite streamer. It's, like, one day that game's not going to be popular anymore. And then like, one day that's going to be gone. Yeah, like, you, you're done. I mean, you can see it at the moment with Call of Duty zombie streamers that they haven't had much content for the last few years because, you know, Modern Warfare didn't have zombies. Um, and then this game hasn't had many zombies maps. And it's, like, some of them have really struggled because they can't just keep making content of the same thing again and again and again. So you get some people branch out into other stuff, which I think is a really good idea. Yeah. And some people just essentially are like, okay, see you next year. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to make any content. Which, yeah. If you're trying to make a living from it, you can't do that. So yeah. I think making a diverse fan base is really, really important, but it's mm. unbelievably hard to do. Mm. It's really difficult. Yeah, I think that's a, like, a really genuine and realist take on it. Like that's yeah. That's not like that's not like harsh or like destroying it or anything. That because that's that's the reality of it. It's like when you think it about it in that aspect, that like retention ratio. It's like I, it's like seeing the the ratio of subscribers to actual viewers. When you look at it at that perspective, it suddenly falls into place because you think okay, yeah, you've got I mean a lot of latent people there, and just think yeah. oh okay, they exist. But then you have a few people who actually watch you, like actually want to watch you, rather than a specific thing, and it, it suddenly makes a lot more sense when you put it like that. Yeah, and uh, like I mean, and the main reason you ever use follower numbers, really, you know, unless you're a kid that cares about, you know, proving it to your friends or something, hmm. is for like PR people. You know, you speak to PR people, you yeah. speak to sponsors, and you say this how many viewers. None of them care about your follower count or your exactly. like, subscriber count at all. Like, that just doesn't matter. Yeah. They only care about your average viewers. Like That's the thing that they mm. care about. And it makes sense. I mean, actually, there's a good example. The reason I know you is because I had that crazy ninja raid. Like, So I had yeah. ninja come and raid me and like I was just doing something called you. I think I had, like for me, quite a very good stream then, really. I had like 60 people watching. Mm. So it was a new Easter egg thing going on. And then Ninja suddenly dropped 31,000 people into my stream. And it was like, you know, absolutely insane, crazy. And then people were like, oh, you're so lucky. And it was, you know, good. I made a bunch of money that day. Um, yeah. But then people think like, oh, now like that's it. You're huge. And it's like, why no. would these people come back and watch me? Yeah. Like they, these, are nin these are Ninja's viewers. They came for the raid because it's a fun thing. Hmm. I probably, you know, I probably got from that maybe... 50 people that have come back and watched me since and that's awesome you know occasionally people are like oh yeah i came here from ninja's raid and that's incredible yeah. but if you think that's 50 out of thirty-one thousand, mm. so you know i passed the raid off onto you when i finished the stream yeah and it's like i, I, I almost feel guilty when you do stuff like that because it, you never know if that person's going to be like oh i've got thousands of viewers i'm going to quit my job now mm. it's like that's not how this that's, works yeah exactly it's mm. like like these aren't your followers like these yeah. aren't your viewers they're just it's a fun thing for that day but it's not they're not going to come back mm. um I, i'm almost i almost get a bit wary of raiding at all now that like, i tend to just raid people i already know yeah because of that that i don't i think it's very depressing and i've been through it myself when you have a massive view account like so so suddenly you've got thirty-one thousand viewers on twitch and then you look back five minutes later and you've got 20,000. Yeah. And you look back five minutes later and you've got 10,000. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm. how, how am I being too boring? Like, what am I doing to lose all these people? Yeah. And it's because you overthink that it very quickly. Real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that makes you like look nervous and it makes you lose your confidence. Yeah. And, you lose kind of and then that base. spirals from there. 
Yeah, definitely. So it's like, it's always really important, I think, to keep in your head what your real view account is, what your real follow account is and stuff like mm. that. And it's very hard to work it out. But, you know, in Twitch, I find it's people who are talking in chat. Like, I generally think the real, my real view account is how many people are talking in chat. Mm. I was in a stream earlier of someone else's who had 160 people watching and there were two people talking. And I think, really, he's got two viewers. Like, two yeah. people are in that community. And mm. I know that's not true. Like, lots of people lurk and lots of people watch stuff. Yeah. But you can't, there's no way to measure that. So mm. the easiest way is just who's actually engaging with you, like, who's talking to you. Um, and that, that's the thing that I always want to try and build up, which is difficult. You know, it's really hard. I don't yeah. know how to do that. It's like, I, I very much for you, I kind of sort of made my own analogy of it in my head. I like to call it the bus stop analogy. So you have everyone getting on at the, the main station. So that's like your ninjas of the world. And then yeah. you go to bus stop one, which would have been you in that scenario. But it's like, like people will go there and see the landmark, which is you. And then they'll either go home or get back on the bus. Yeah. And then they go to the next place where it's like like mar like a margin of how many people were on the bus originally and like so on and so forth. Yeah. So like once and you've, you, and like you've that, got like yeah. you've got kind of a filter effect with the raid type stuff because obviously the first group of people are all people who wanted to watch Ninja. Mm. Then the second group of people are people who like the people so they're the people I got of basically all the people that wanted to watch Ninja and were willing to follow a raid. Then the people that came to your stream were people who wanted to watch Ninja, were happy enough to watch me for an hour or two afterwards, yeah. and were willing to follow the raid button. And then if you pass it on, then it's like you've got an even you've got all of those filters yeah. plus the people who are willing to watch you for a while. And it's kind of that's always going to be. So, and it's no fault of the people. It's no fault of like Ninja. It's just like yeah. not everyone wants to watch every type of content. Like mm. you know, it's yeah. fine. Like you don't watch every TV show on Netflix. You just watch the ones you want. It's nothing against mm. those other TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing bad about them. Yeah, yeah. so we're not, not going to slander them just because we don't watch them. This isn't Twitter. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Oops. Twitter hot takes are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, th massive thanks for coming on for the chat today. Man. Any no, closing pleasure. thoughts at all? Any like one standout message you want to pass on? Uh... I quite like this idea of we're not for everyone and it's okay. I think that's an important, especially for anyone who wants to be a content creator. Don't worry about just getting the most people humanly possible. Worry about building a community. Like you want your community. That's the thing that matters. Mm. And it's super hard to build, but that's the, that's the good thing. Yeah, that that's the best part. It's like it's yeah, not the, it's it's not the biggest community, but it's your community, and yeah. that like you can proudly say like we can come together and do these amazing things yeah exactly uh, with that that's gonna do it for this episode so massive thank you again geeky tom coming along yeah. and i will see you guys <laughs> in two weeks peace out for now